Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Esports Pro Panel. If you are a regular listener to the Esports Startup Podcast, no, we are not taking its place. This is a new series where we will break down the LCS playoffs featuring some pro players themselves. My name is Parks Owsley, and I am joined by DeMonte, the mid laner for Clutch Gaming, and the support for Clutch Gaming, Vulcan. Of course, this week we have Golden Guardians and FlyQuest and Echo Fox versus TSM. Some pretty good matchups. I feel like we might know kind of which way they'll swing, but we're about to break it down. For those of you who are unfamiliar with how the playoffs work and what it means for these teams, of course, sure, you make it to the playoffs. It's a long road. However, you don't stop here. You really want to get that title. That's always the number one prize. That also comes with a trip to the mid-season Invitational Tournament, the first international tournament of the year, which is always nice because you get to gauge yourself against these other really top-tier teams in the whole world. And lastly, you also get a trip to Rift Rivals if you're in the top teams. Previously, it's been the top three teams. I don't know if we'll be able to make that work this year because Europe doesn't have a third-place game. But we'll see what happens with that. Riot will have to make that decision. Before we get into it, I'm going to warm you guys up a little bit with a couple questions. So, DeMonte, starting with you, when did you realize you were actually good enough to be a pro gamer, and what actually made you decide to go all in? Um, it was probably sometime when I was in high school. I was probably around 16 years old, and at the time, I was still playing sports in high school. And then I kind of realized that I could make money playing league, and... I kind of hit myself with a choice of either I can make money and like work a job playing league or I could continue playing sports and probably just like have fun until my senior year. And then I quit sports and then I started playing league a lot and then I just randomly got way better because I had way more time to play. And yeah, then my senior year of high school came around and I just stopped going to class and started playing more league. (laughs) And then thank God it worked out. So now I'm here. Yeah, thank God for sure. I'm I'm sure all the parents listening in are really happy to hear that story. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, yeah, it worked out for you. Uh, all right, so Vulcan, what about you? How did you decide, and what is what was your family's kind of reaction? Mm. Uh, I was probably around fourteen or fifteen, and I played the local tournament in the college I was in my town. Uh, I played on a team with my brother, and in the semifinals, I was an eighty carry at that time, and I got a pentakill in like this kind of important match, but. In reality, I think the prize pool was like 10 RP cards for every <laughs> every player on the winning teams. Um, and I got Penta in, Penta in the semifinals, and like that got me really, really hyped. And that's what I, or that's how I kind of realized um, that's something I want to do for a living, you know. Um, and my parents were not really supportive at first, I guess, because they just really didn't know how it worked or, you know, there's a whole world um, beyond these sports, kind of. Um, but now that, like after that, they kind of realized and as I kind of made my way up to the pro leagues, um, they kind of saw the potential in, in the career in that. So. Yeah, they saw the 10 RP points and, you know, it's enough to convince them. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's kind of interesting seeing how like parents of current players, I think, you know, at the beginning are like maybe a little less supportive or kind of skeptical. Um, but I wonder, you know, in like 10 years, are we going to be like, oh, you know, what'd your, what'd your family say? Like, oh yeah, they were so excited. Like, oh, you're good at league. Thank God my, my son could do something. Um, yeah. I feel like it might end up like real sports though. Like, uh, the parents don't really want you to do it cause it's such a low chance. And uh, then like, I mean, that's how like my parents, I like, that's how I explained everything to my parents. It's like, this is pretty much like real sports, but for the video game. And they were like, that's pretty risky. I don't know if you should do that. 
And I was like, please just give me a gap year. And then they ended up giving it to me and it took me like a couple months. And then I got, I moved out to LA. So, well, but dude, the, I forgot the, I forgot all about the RP tournaments. Those were sick. <laughs> I used to play RP tournaments with, uh, like hella LCS players actually. Oh, really? Like definitely in Zayzal. Like we'd just do RP tournaments like nonstop. And all of our accounts had like hundreds of thousands of RP from like stomping random tournaments all the time. Dang. Yeah. See, it's pay to play for me, but or pay to win or whatever. <laughs> You know, I'm not, not quite good enough to win those RP points, but that's really funny. I didn't even know they had those, um, you know, small town Texas things right there. Uh, all right, so DeMonte, have you ever thought of changing your player name to Time so that when people say your full name, it could be Tanner Time DeMonte? Um, no. <laughs> I feel like it might um, be a move, though. Tanner Time DeMonte? I feel like the what if the meme dies, though? Like, well, that, like you know, like Keith McBrief, Le Toucan? His meme died pretty fast, right? Wow. And what if he changed his name to Lei Tukan and then? Well, then maybe it wouldn't have died. Maybe this is your time to to be immortal. I thought about changing to like just Tanner, but I mean, because like a lot of time is a pretty good name by itself, right? Like it's pretty clean. I guess no one is really. I can't believe no one is actually just time. Yeah, that sure has that good name. name. You could you could be a zillion main. You could always <laughs> have stopwatch. You know, I saw. I, I, okay, this is kind of random, but I saw in Twitch chat today that. Uh, Caps' his name is Caps, but all of the letters in his name aren't capitalized. Ooh, that's true. I, th I feel like he's missing out on an opportunity. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> hmm, we'll, have to, we'll have to talk to him about that. Um, all right, Vulcan, there are two types of non-import imports. Bjerg, Santorin, Piglet, etc. being one of them, because they are now not taking an import slot. But also, like, Turtle, Bio, and you are the other one, because you're from Canada. And you are now living in the U.S., so you're still a North American player, but you're located in L.A. in a new country. Um, so how is it being in the U.S. in a completely different, uh, you know, climate and environment? Yeah, I mean, people here speak a different language than where I live, so that's a lot different. But ultimately, I think the U.S. and Canada isn't that different compared to, let's say, Korea to the U.S. That's like a really big clash. Um, I didn't really experience like that much of a difference in the people. I think like American citizen and Canadian citizen are like, pretty much really, really the same, honestly. So it wasn't too bad for me. Is it just way too hot down here? Or are you used to it by now? Uh, summers are really uncomfortable for sure. <laughs> um, well, luckily it's been like the coldest March in like LA history for like 150 years or something. So yeah. at least you got I'm that thankful for, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> All right, Tanner. If you were the captain of a boat and you had to name the boat. <laughs> oh boy, I'm getting my own questions at me now. Um, I would just call it time. There you go. Oh, okay. Tanner's, Tanner's time, the boat. I feel like you I answered my question for me. Uh, I should have asked those <laughs> the other way, but I went for the meme last. I guess they're both memes. So uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Vulcan, if you could have any game item in real life, what item would you choose? An item? We're talking about league only, right? Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah. Wait, I feel like I'm missing some items that are probably really insane to have in real life. There's one sleeper OP item. I can only think of Zonia's right now, or the you know the ghosties item that send ghosts to chase people. That's um, actually pretty cool. Seems pretty useless. It's pretty useless, oh, yeah. But I, 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 like, if fun. you can sum if you can summon ghosts for you, it's like kind of cool. So I think I'm gonna have to go with that. All right, I'll tell you where you really messed up. There's an item in there that lets you live again. It's called Guardian Angel. Yeah. Living again is not that good, though. 
like every couple minutes you can die for free. But you know, it's no, but, okay. The ghosts are cool though. <laughs> Living against bad when you know that's like the big story in every immortal fiction or people that are immortals is like their loved ones all die and then they just live by their by themselves and are sad at the end. I mean, you just have to kill yourself again though, and then you're fine. You got five minutes. I would just use Yumus and then I would be like a track star. Think about that. Just get famous by running really quick. Be faster than Usain Bolt. You know, I have ghosts. Ghosts back. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta watch out because he might slow you down. Just, just right, right <laughs> in the middle true. of the race. So, um, all right. At what point do you stop prepping, uh, like your own team? So we're going into playoffs. Is this a point where you stop trying to build on whatever strengths you have and and make your strengths even stronger? Uh, like, what point do you actually start? Mostly just trying to counter what the enemy is um i could probably talk on this some because i played playoffs last year i think uh seems to be played against we put against tsm twice in playoffs i think once in gauntlet and i mean for us it was weird because we kind of were just uh relying on huni a lot so we kind of focused on ourselves more but for sure like for drafting it mattered like going against tsm i think Back then, we were trying to keep Bjergsen off a lot of his comfort champions because uh, they played really through mid during, uh, for, I forgot their roster iteration, but they, they kind of seemed like a mess in like bot lane during that split, so you can definitely like find weaknesses and strengths in teams like that. I feel like it matters more about your draft, maybe not gameplay, so. Mm. I feel like if you are the better team, you should try to um, capitalize on the opponent's um, mistakes are not, not not that, but if they're trying to do something or there's something they're really strong at, you should try to stop that that strength. But if you are the weaker team, you should try to just do your own thing and like if you can surprise the other team or cheese away to victory, I think it's a really good way to do it. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'm always curious because you know I, I've just heard you know throughout the regular season you want to focus on yourself because you're just going to be facing new people all the time. Yeah. But then in playoffs. Either you know keep focusing on yourself so that you can make it to the finals, or maybe you won't make it to the finals if you don't know the opponent well enough. Um, it's yeah. just like best of ones versus best of fives too. It's so different because best of one you just play whatever is like your strongest thing, and then best of five you kind of need to play different strategies. Because if you win one game playing like full team fight comp, the next game they can just ban like your like crutch champions for that. So yeah, definitely definitely changes the game. Uh, how, how in depth do you discuss builds with teammates and is that something that you do normally before the game or is it in game we need to make a shift and there's a champion that could build you know maybe for like side lane pressure but instead you're going to build team pressure do you do you actually break down like those types of decisions I think everyone has to do that part of the game on their own you know just by playing solo queue you kind of get a feel of in what situation you should build what item so I think that's definitely like just your own personal homework. But maybe if Tanner or Huni play like a silver champion and they um, they argue on what build path they should go, then it comes up. But since most of the time we're not playing the same champions, it's mostly on the, the own players to like come up with their builds. I'd say the one time it, do, it does happen, if like if you need executioner calling or not executioner calling, but executioners or QSS, like you'll just wait until. We'll, we'll just be like, we can't fight until we get this 1300 gold for QSS or 800 for executioners. Stuff like that happens, but nothing nothing ever like talking about you need a certain thing. Unless someone realizes like, okay, if you get a Zonia's like, mm. you're not going to die ever. Then like someone will bring it up randomly, but it's not very consistent. Yeah, I'm always curious. I I know, in, and we'll talk about this later, but the 
the tiebreaker match between FlyQuest and Golden Guardians had basically the tank version of a bunch of champions that can go tank or damage. So like Rise went full tank basically. Um, and then Jarvan also was full tank. And then you had Cho'Gath full tank. And they just only had like half of a damage champion in their AD carry. And so they just lost every team fight after mid game because they literally couldn't kill anyone. And they weren't dying quickly, but they couldn't do any damage. Mm -hmm. And so it just felt awkward. Like, oh, this Rise build is very strong, but you need maybe J4 to go full damage. Or like the J4 build is fine, given the context of the enemy, but they didn't actually have anyone doing anything. So, um, uh, but yeah, awesome. All right, we're going to get into our next section here. We've got a little quiz for you guys. Oh, God. We are here with Esports One. And Esports One is a data and stats company, a tech company in the esports world. That's what my parents like to say, the gaming world. It's like, it's the same world, mom. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're doing data and stuff. So they kind of compiled some things. Uh, and it's actually, there's some pretty interesting stuff in here that I think you guys may like. Um, first, though, we, I, who do you think out of all the 10 teams has the most kills combined? Most kills? Um... You go first. I'm thinking Cloud9, probably. Well, you answered so fast. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Who has the most Fiesta games? I, I almost I like want to say Clutch. I, I yes. almost, yeah, Clutch. It is Cloud9. Oh, you okay. should trust your support. Oh, it remains really fast. Holy moly. Yeah, at 253. Do you know so. who's like second? No. no, I don't know who's second. I'm sorry. I can I can pull that up for you <laughs> next time. If you, if you really want to know, I'll tell you where Clutch falls. I feel like I feel like Cloud9 always have Cloud Fistas, and then they're winning most of their games, so it makes sense that they're the, the team with most skills. So. Dang, that was really fast, like, critical thinking, too. Um, well done. Thank All right, know. who has the most deaths? Clutch. <laughs> I was going to say Clutch. <laughs> it's definitely Clutch. <laughs> <laughs> At almost the same amount of kills that Cloud9 has, 232. So, it's pretty beast. Congratulations. Uh, who has the highest wards per minute? Um, I want to say Team Liquid. Yeah. I'd probably say Team Liquid as well. Uh, they're, trusting they're, always, they're always winning. So Trusting your support. Almost a smart decision, but actually I have no idea where they fall. Clutch, actually. You guys have the most Morning. wards per minute. Maybe it's because uh, the Huni Zillion games in Karma. Oh, yeah. Oh, that that's a good point. Yeah. Also, I think Vulcan, last I checked, which was a little bit ago, a couple weeks ago, you had like insane ward numbers. So Yeah, I've been getting told by me to just recall and ward again when I have no wards in my sense. Is it recalling or do you spawn, you put your wards in and you get caught and then you... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> putting my death numbers a little higher by dying and then going back to Vulcan, refilling my sidestone and warding again. Okay, highest wards cleared per minute. FlyQuest. That was really random. I feel like that was just for fun. That was really fast, though. No, it's definitely FlyQuest. Really? Yeah. Definitely. I'm going to go with Team Liquid again. Ah, uh, you're both wrong, but I'm going to give it to Demonte anyway, because it's at least the team that plays FlyQuest, Golden Guardians, actually. Yeah. That's actually surprising, I feel. I was surprised as well. Yeah. Um, but congrats to them. This is where we get really fun. So we're going to talk about some positional... Um, I don't know, stats, I guess, leaders. Uh, so who led all the mid laners in CS per minute? 
Me. Phoenix. Oh, he does it. A uh, froggy. It's me. Is it Tanner? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's Mr. Tanner Time Demonte. Uh, I'm the best at stealing all my resources from my team. <laughs> With, do sorry. you know what your CS team. per minute was? No idea. You want a ballpark? Mm, 9.3. Oh, 9.4. Very close. Um, congratulations. Uh, what support led the LCS in kills? In kills. That's a tough one. Go with your gut. Ole. Big. Ooh, no. <laughs> um, no, it was actually the the current Team Liquid support, Core JJ, with 18 kills. Wow. That's, awesome. that's, a, that's a kill a game. That's, that's one per game. That's pretty good. Um, it's kind of funny, though. Like, I would have expected, like, 24 or something, like a little over one. But mm -mm. just a nice, just one per one per game. <laughs> Should get his his name on the board there. Uh, which LCS player led with the most deaths per game? This one's easy. I'll let you answer first, though. Um, Hootie. I'm not gonna. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll answer different than him, and I'll say big. Ooh, I figured y'all. I figured at least we would get a Hoonie, which I guess you were gonna say as well. Yeah. It's not Hoonie. It's Ole. Oh wow, that makes sense. Yeah, he's been dying a little bit. Three point zero five. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Three game. Um, who led the LCS in damage per minute? Froggen. Actually, no. It might be. Um, it might be double F two. No, I don't think so. I think Jensen. Um, probably. Yeah, I'd go Froggen too. Froggen. Yeah. You should have. You should have thought back to your your old answer with most kills on Cloud Nine. It's sneaky because yeah. they have that clown oh, fiesta actually, games. Yeah, and he played a lot of Ezreal. Oh, yeah, he had, he had like four Ezreal games where he did like over 1k DPM, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Yeah, insane damage on that yeah. guy. Sneaky out of lane. I got one shot by his Ezreal. He, I pressed, he pressed W and then he pressed R and then I lost my entire health bar. Well, luckily that's not really going to be quite as much of a thing anymore with the, the tier nerf. But um, All right, last question for you guys on this little quiz. Which two players are tied for first, which is already impressive enough, in the LCS... Uh, accounting for thirty-four point seven percent of the team's total damage. Um, one of them is Power of Evil, and second one is Sneaky. Poe and Fargan. Uh you got Power right, but the second one's actually Bang, which makes sense. Makes sense. Kind of that looking at Thunder yeah. Thieves this year. Um, so well done. You actually did pretty well. You got. Cloud nine. I feel like we probably got a lot of seconds, but we just can't tell. Probably. I will I will take that into consideration for the next time. So they can at least have like a a consolation prize. <laughs> so next week, shout out to the Esports One stats guys. Please help us out with some second places. Uh, maybe some bronze medals as well. All right. So before we get into the playoff, we will do that pretty soon. I want to ask a couple questions for people that are trying to play league and maybe power up a little bit, get a little better at the game. Not asking for myself, for sure, just for other people, um, even though I do play mid and support, so that's uh, kind of handy. Um, but Vulcan, who is your favorite champ combo to play in bot lane? So not just support, but your favorite duo lane. Cluster Tesh by far. If you play Cluster Tesh in solo queue and are really good at both those champions, you can 2v5 almost every single game, and it feels really satisfying to pull off combos with those champions. Nice. Do you, is it... 
I guess you really have to know your AD carry well, or is it you just both have to be good and know what you're supposed to do? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, honestly. Um, there's like some combos you can do where like Kalisa will ult Thresh out and then Thresh will be able to enter in Kalisa and like they can both save each other that way. But um, you don't really need to do that most of the time. So I think if you're just both pretty good players, it, it's just going to work out. Nice. That's, that's a fun one. I am not, I don't know any good AD carries, so I don't do that. <laughs> um, but Thresh is my main, so I'll have to find an AD carry to, to mess around with that. All right, Demonte, who's your favorite champion to play against in mid lane? So not necessarily easiest, but just like maybe the one that has the most mind games or, or things that you can exploit. Um, shoot, there's like so many different champions that play race. It's like a really common champion. I actually can't even think of anything. It can't be Zoe. There's no way. No, I mean, no, Zoe is or terrible. Is for I was thinking something like maybe Zed. Because they're like ways you Every, can dodge all the see, damage. See, the, the, the problem with playing in Hilo, because I was going to say like Annie or something, but then you play against a Hilo Annie's and then they just one-shot you randomly, and I'm just like, what? Or like I play against a Zed, and then I'm against like the best Zeds, and I'm just getting one-shot as well. I'm just... Right. I, I feel like actually it's probably it's probably Lissandra, honestly. Because I feel like a lot of people don't... Uh, like, like the reason Lissandra is so strong is because of Aftershock right now. And whenever... And people will try to... They will like use their Aftershock... And then you have to wait like a full minute in order to trade again. And then they will trade while their aftershock is down and then they will just die. And then I feel like only pro players actually understand that or like uh, people higher up. So a lot of the time you'll just get free kills because they don't they fight you when their aftershock is down and you're just like, alright, that's cool. So just capitalizing on dumb people. Pretty much. That's that's <laughs> League of Legends in, in general. Man, unfortunately I'm one of the dumb people, but you know, at least other people are having fun when they're playing against me. Um all right, which, for both of you guys, which champion do you find the hardest to play against? And which one is kind of the easiest? Um, I'll go with the artist first. I think definitely Zoe, a really good Zoe, is really hard to play against, especially if she has control of the map. And if you're trying to walk into a Baron, you're, you want to contest Baron, and then you get hit by a bubble out of nowhere, and then you lose, either you lose your entire HP bar and you have to go back to base, or you're straight up just dead. So, yeah. Um... And for the easiest, I'm thinking of Janna, because most Janna mains are really bad at the game. You know, they're just duoed with AD carries that are good and climb that way, and then they have no idea how to play, so they feel pretty easy to play against most of the time. Can I name, like, jungle champions that's hard to play against? Yeah, anything. Okay, I hate playing versus Rek'Sai, because he can just tunnel behind me at, like, any point, and it's super annoying to play versus, and if he just flashes on you, then you have to flash no matter what, or you die. And then easiest is probably like Jarvan because I feel like it's so easy to juke Jarvan players when they press EQ and then they just stand there and they look really dumb. And then it's it's kind of like, that's the champion that you can just style on the, the hardest. So it's for sure that I feel like for mid lane, it's like all the champions do their own different things. There's not a champion I see and I'm just like, it's easy to play race or hard to play race. It's just like, but like if I think about bot lane, I'm like, wow, if I play against a Nami, like it's a free win. <laughs> that's funny yeah for me i just can't play against Zyra. i think i lose every single lane against Zyra. i just i'm just gonna flash on her you know she's gonna use her spell to try and poke you and then you flash on her and she dies one shot so. <clears throat> all right so we're gonna go ahead and get started we're gonna talk about some of the matchups now the you know the actual point of this podcast so we have golden guardians facing off against FlyQuest on saturday and then fox versus tsm on sunday 
Both, I think, will be fun, each for different reasons. I think Golden Guardians versus FlyQuest, we already got a, a little preview of that this past weekend with both a game and then a tiebreaker. So that's really fun. They're like playing a best of seven and they just, they're one and one right now. And then the Fox versus TSM, however, it's interesting because Clutch last year beat TSM and they now have three of the same members, but TSM definitely looks stronger. So we'll see. We'll get to, we'll talk about that. Uh, first, though, let's talk about this Golden Guardians versus Fly matchup. Um, just kind of right off the bat, though, Eli 5, like each of the team's style. Since you guys play against them, you will know a lot better than I do. Um, I play FlyQuest. I actually just team to, they kind of play, I want to say through Balin more. Like Wild Turtle is kind of popping off in most of their wins. Viper definitely has good games, too. But... It seems it seems like they don't really like like whereas like TL maybe plays hard through Balan, FlyQuest seems more adaptable, so they might be pretty good in best of fives because I feel like all they just work good as a team. They they kind of seem like a five man unit and they're all very trusting in each other. And you've seen a lot of different players like kind of pop off on that team, so definitely they can play through any lane. It's just gonna really depend on Santorin, I think Santorin kind of uh, he leads that team, and depending on how his early game goes, it really impacts how their entire game goes they like they showed uh i think when they beat team liquid like santorin had a really really bad early game and then they showed a lot of like power to actually bring that back so i think that was a really good look for them showing that even if santorin isn't able to really pick up the slack for the early game that they can still play well so i think they're definitely strong and then what what is it was golden guardians, golden guardians and then um well, the way Golden Guardians play is either they will play a really aggressive Balin and try to play through that. Like, with, if they get the Draven uh, for Death Lead, then they'll play hard Balin. If they don't, then I think recently they've been playing like more of a scaling style um, with Froggen, as usual, just picking a hard carry champion and just farming into the late game. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're kind of a late game team now, since Draven's getting banned a lot. So we'll see kind of how they match up. Yeah, I do think that both of them have seen to to have made strides in their ability to work as a team. So mm. I do think it'll be fun to, to get to see how that changes over a, a best of five series and which one actually, you know, holds together a little stronger. Because, yeah, we saw was, both of those games were pretty close this weekend. Yeah. So it'll be fun. It'll be very hype. So let's go through lane by lane. We're going to play whose lane is it anyway. Um, so top lane, we have Viper versus Hanser. Um, so which one, I mean, I know neither of you are top laners, but what do you kind of think about the matchup between those two guys? Um, answer is a lot more experience, especially for playoffs. So I think, um, it's going to be pretty one-sided in the top lane for Golden Guardians. I think answer is just in general, a stronger player and with the experience, then it kind of tilts the matchup in his favor a lot. Um, and you know, Viper being a rookie. Not that he'll choke or anything, but I think he'll just play a little more scared in playoffs, and that will give Lancer the edge, probably. Yeah, for sure the pressure of playoffs is, like, pretty big. Because, like, in, in my debut split last year, I had to also play playoffs, and it was it was a, it was a much different. Crowd is louder, game is more intense, people are playing, like... like you, you go from scrims to, like, regular season, and it's different, and then you go regular season to playoffs, and it's for sure, like, also different. It just feels like people bring this like next level of intensity to the game, and it'll depend on the person on if he can adapt or not. But for sure, Hunter has been playing super duper well at the end of this split, and I, 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave a lot of carries to Hunter and kind of just let him do his thing against Viper. And I could see them winning games through top lane for sure. Yeah, I do think that Viper also is one who's a little bit more willing to play carries. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be, I think, you know, the, the jungle 2v2 and then kind of who's better on the day or who can get less tilted maybe um, would be pretty interesting. Yeah. But so at the end, who would you who would you give it to? Whose lane is it? Hunter, for sure. Hunter is, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see what happens. All right. So moving on to the jungle, we have uh, Santorin and Contracts. And I, I want to highlight this one, actually. Um, but before I do that, uh, just kind of what do you think about this, you guys? I think Santorin has shown this split that he's like one of the best junglers in NA right now. Um, and Contracts has been really inconsistent. He's shown like some pretty bad games. He's got he's gotten carried a couple games, uh, lost a couple of games for his team. So I think um, I think this one goes for for FlyQuest and Centaur. Yeah, this is probably the uh, heaviest tilted one. I think Contracts has like not played super well this split. He's definitely had his moments, but he's also definitely just done a lot of silly stuff. And yeah, Santor this is Santorin's best split since probably TSM in whatever year that was. So for sure, like I think. The entire FlyQuest chance of making like uh, world or uh, making like top three, top two is going to be on Santorin. And like, this is probably the most important matchup of the entire like the, the jungle is the most important matchup for FlyQuest just in general, like, no matter who they play first. I would agree. I think both players have seen somewhat interesting, like similar rocky careers where they start off really well. Like mm-hmm. Santorin on TSM, rookie of the split, does insane. Contracts on Cloud9. I think also rookie of the split, yeah. you know, insane. Uh, and then both, you know, get traded off right after that and haven't been able to kind of show anything mm-hmm. until, uh, you know, both of them really this year. You could say Santorin last summer. Um, yeah, I do think that Santorin actually, you know, despite them having kind of similar paths, I would say that he definitely has the edge. And it's actually backed up in the stats he Santorin is first out of all the junglers in gold difference at 10 experience difference at 10 and cs difference at 10 so they all i mean it makes sense to be to have all three and contracts is actually last in all three of those and so i think the last couple of weeks i think he's done a lot better he had a game actually their game against team liquid they ended up losing but he was hardcore smurfing on xmithy for like the first 15 minutes uh you know, bummer that they lost, but yeah, I, I think the jungle is going to be pretty rough. Yeah. So like, I think there's actually like a unique, uh, like the, the stats for sure say a lot, but also you have to look at more than the stats, I think, because if you look at the teammates that um, Santorin is playing with, they all like, especially Pobalter versus Froggen, it's like Pobalter is much more of the player to play for his team, play for his jungler and like kind of rely on stuff like that. Like he wants to play the game much more team play and then you go and watch Froggen play and like the the Raptors are literally Froggens from like minute five and that's going to impact the jungle a lot especially like just talking as a player who's playing versus these players like when I play versus Spobelter he's always like his goal is to impact my jungler's game and make my jungler like like have a hard time and then when I play versus Froggen he's very very focused on getting himself strong and that's where like team strengths and team style is going to like be it's going to matter a lot in this match as well because you're you're i think the drafting is going to matter a lot for this because if, if you're able to get pobelter on stuff that is able to move around the map and be high impact early on it's going to be a huge deal 
Whereas like if you're able to get if if Froggen is able to like get strong through all of the early game and mid game and contracts isn't gonna get behind that much, the games could very easily go for GGS's favor. And that's a really good segue into talking about the mid lane. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, before we do that, I figured the answer is whose jungle is it anyway? It's Santorin's. Yeah, Santorin's. So uh, one for for FlyQuest, Santorin, and then one for Golden Guardians and Hauntzer. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about the mid lane. Um, you know, you talked about how they kind of impact the map, but what are, I'll let you kind of, you know, dominate this part of the discussion. Of course, Vulcan, you can add some things in, but what are your thoughts about these two mid laners and kind of their relative strengths? It's really going to depend on what the meta ends up being. Um, I'm not, I haven't actually scrimmed anything on uh, 9.6, I believe is what it is. Is what playoffs are on? Are playoffs on 9.6? I believe so. Yeah. So it's it, it's going to depend on what the meta ends up being. If the meta is still really similar to how it was before, like Lissandra being like most OP and like similar stuff to that, then I think it is in Pobelter's favor. But if Fragon is able to pull out these mages that kind of chill and do a ton of damage in like mid late game fights, then it's going to be in GGS's favor. And since I haven't scrimmed on this patch, it's hard for me to say, but both of the players are super talented. I would probably... Honestly, I would give it to Pobelter because I think he's just going to be better at impacting jungle. And at the end of the day, I think jungle is going to be what's winning these matches. All right. So we have two for FlyQuest and still top lane for Golden Guardians. Um, so going to the bot lane then, um, do you want to talk about it as a duo or do you think it's better to talk AD carry versus AD? And... I think it's better separately. Okay. So let's talk about the AD carries. We have Turtle versus Deathly. Um, okay, so I think definitely if you get him off Draven, he's like a pretty passive laner, um, and Turtle is like pretty aggressive in lane. Um, so I think this one is pretty Walter's old favorite. I think he dishes out more damage in team fights as well. Like he's not afraid to just get in there and no deal damage. Um, and I think definitely he's like a little scared to kind of go ham, and especially in playoffs, I think in a situation like that, a scared player, um, it's gonna show even more that he's not willing to deal damage, I guess. So I think Walter is better in this matchup. Do you have any thoughts to Monte? Um, it seems about right. I think, I mean, both we played against uh, Deathly and Wild Turtle both on Jinx near the end of the season, and both of them, like, clapped us out in the mid-late game. So they seem pretty similar in my eyes. Like, I don't really know what's going on in the early game too much for bot lane. But, I mean, when I play versus both of them, they both seem very talented in team fighting. So... It for sure will just depend on how lane phase goes. Yeah, I was, I was going to mention the Jinx. Definitely seems like maybe definitely second pick right now, or at least up there. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like Wild Turtle as well. Um, definitely finding some success on that. Uh, Wild Turtle actually has a 13 KDA on Jinx right now. So um, I, I expect that to be pretty picked beast. at least once in yeah. this. Mm-hmm. In this I'm pretty sure Jinx is going to be pretty stable in all the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if 9.6 changed anything there, but I don't think so. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll we'll see some jinx. Um, so then support. We'll round it off with that. Vulcan, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Yeah, I think um, I think Oli's like scared to play versus because he's like he's really inconsistent. But when he's on his game, if he's on thrush and like it's the predictions and stuff like that, he's really scared to play versus. But um, I think JJ is just like he's really consistent. Um, he doesn't make as many mistakes. Um, he's not gonna go for like the big plays, but I think that's kind of just not his style. And you, like nowadays, you as a support man, you don't really you don't really have to go for plays like that. 
Um, I think you can just play brown and you know have people stand behind you and just do fine. Um, yeah, I think Ole is just like he's been doing a lot of weird mistakes. So just because of that, I think JJ is probably better in this this one. You have anything to add? Yeah, I I would probably give it to Ole to be honest. Um, I think he's a bit of a coin flip player, but. I think JJ is a bit of a non-factor for his team. I think he's always he's always solid. Like he's not really like losing a game, but he's not really winning a game. And uh, I think Ole has more of a factor to like get GGS an actual win. Like there could be for sure a game where like they they are banning out like Froggen's champions or something like that, and then Ole gets like a comfort pick, and then him and definitely stomp bot. Like they've shown they can do that, and that's like a surprise factor that I feel that JJ doesn't have. But for sure, there's also the flip side where Ole could just run it down. Like, he's shown that he's done both in LCS, like, this entire split. So, I, I would give it to Ole personally. And maybe he feels more comfortable, like, going into playoffs and just not having... Uh, I know he had... He's, like, come out in interviews and said, like, he struggled a lot with double lift and, like, that stuff. And maybe he will feel more comfortable now in a high-pressure situation playing with JJ instead. Or playing with... Uh, Definitely yeah, instead. Yeah. Sorry. No, good. Um, so now that we've talked about both of them, because I would I would agree, I think that Ole does have that kind of surprise factor. Um, but so now we talk about ADs and supports. Whose lane is it anyway? Um, I think if you don't consider the draft, I think. I mean, I'm kind of trolling if I say it's Golden Gardens lane hawk because I both I said both Walterdale and JJ are better. But I think like just during the laning phase, Golden Gardens are better. But as the game goes on, I think Wild Turtle and JJ impact the game more. Um, like they're more role players for the team, and they won't really lose a game for them. But they're not winning the game for a team either at the same time. So I think it's kind of hard. But I I just give it to FlyQuest probably just because they're more consistent. I'd say assuming Draven is banned, Botland is gonna be a big snooze fest. I would be very surprised if the games are played through Botland, like. I think the top, like, there's gonna, it's likely going to be top lane carries almost every single game. Like That's what Viper's best on. He's shown he's not great at tanks. And Hunter's been playing insanely well. So I would say Balin is kind of going to be a wash for this series, assuming like Draven is banned every game. And I think if, if GGS get Draven, then their entire like strategy will just flip. Hmm. I think the, the interesting thing for me, is, I mean, I know on Sunday when they played the two games, Lucian Braum was in both of them. They actually each played it. They actually each lost on it as well, so it's a little bit interesting. Maybe they won't go for that this weekend, um, although it is obviously still a strong lane. Um, I think Ole is much better on Tom Kench, though, because of this kind of surprise factor and ability to to kind of do things that, uh, that the enemy is not thinking. And that's mm. when they won their game, it was, oh, Poe Belter's getting caught out, or someone else is getting caught out, or they're just actually using the global very proactively mm -hmm. so i i think yeah it, it likely will be a snooze fest if draven is banned because someone is going to either have brahm or tom kench or both will be in the game yeah but will be interesting to see um so we we have pretty even kind of whose lane is it you gave it to FlyQuest, but you kind of wanted to give it to golden guardians almost um but it does look like at least in a purely lane by lane basis or roll by roll basis, um, seems like FlyQuest has the advantage. Mm -hmm. Just kind of other than top. Yeah, I would say FlyQuest is just more of a team, like a more like rounded out team. They don't really have any like superstars on their team who are gonna pop off like Bjergsen, Double Lift, 
leapfrog it and stuff like that. But I don't think you really need that, to be honest. And whereas like GGS is going to kind of rely on like big pop-offs from Hunter and Froggen or even definitely too. But, and they, they don't feel like, like when you watch FlyQuest victories, like they just win as a team a lot of the time. It's not really one person popping off, but GGS, it's, a, it's usually like one person's playing extra well that day and then that's how they win. Hmm. Well, hopefully they'll have someone playing extra well because they have potentially five games to play. So, um, so we'll, we'll segue that into win conditions then because if, Maybe that's the GGS win condition is just someone needs to pop off. Um, before I guess before we talk about that, I think there. Let's touch on a couple weaknesses. I think they showed a lot in the in their two you know the two game series that they had on Sunday. I think Viper was still showing a lot of his kind of rookie status and getting caught out early. Uh, you know, jungles, bot lane, soloing the dragon, and he's pushed a tower with no vision. Um, you know, giving up first bloods and stuff. I think Pobelter actually showed a little bit of his kind of MSI performance, which is a little bit worrying. I think in both games, he got caught out in the side lane quite a few times. Um, so that's something to kind of watch out for. Hopefully they can kind of work on that this week. Um, I also think uh, GGS did a lane swap mm-hmm. in their second game, which yeah. is very interesting. I think it's pretty common for the better like teams that have mid and top laners that are like actually good enough to do that. Like me and Huni did that a lot in scrims. We didn't really get to pull it off in stages here, but like I mean, even going back to Echo Fox, like we would play different roles all the time on that team. I think it's a it's a really good thing to be able to do because if you get put into like a random matchup or a bad matchup, you should be able to just switch your team or switch your players. But I mean, you the, the top laner has to be able to play mid though, or else he's just gonna get rolled. Like. There's been times in scrims where a team will try to do it, and it's like, I'm just landing versus someone who has no idea who they're like what they're doing. So that's definitely something GGS has like uniquely. I feel. Yeah, I when they did that and they tried to answer, they put you know they moved Viper back to mid. Mm-hmm. He definitely did not know how to play mid mm-hmm. because Santorin was getting hardcore taken advantage of because I don't know if it was Froggen feeding. Uh, Hanser information or if Hanser is just you know he's been playing so much longer he knows the game better yeah but they were invading the jungle and kind of taking control of the jungle so much better with a rookie in mid lane yeah who's not a mid laner rather than you know having their actual mid laner there with Pobelter so that'll be interesting if they can kind of you know remember that and take advantage of it during the long series the other thing I wanted to point out is I think I mean you guys have been talking about it Santorin is very necessary Mm mm-hmm so he was sick on Sunday, and the game was much worse quality. Their first, their actual game was way lower quality than the the previous ones. And then when he got subbed out, like they also seemed kind of like they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, they ended up winning, which is good for them. You know that now they get the side selection. But I think a lot of this will depend on how well he has kind of healed from mm-hmm. whatever sickness he had. Yeah, that could definitely impact like the week's practice as well. Like. It reminds me of uh, last split with Huni getting food poisoning before. Like, that really messes with the entire team. Like, if you can't really practice correctly because someone is sick, it's a, it could change, like, the entire dynamic. Yeah, best of luck to, to Santorin and FlyQuest so that they can actually prepare. Um, um, so what then would you say is the most important thing for these teams to focus on? Like, what are their win conditions? You say FlyQuest has better team play, 
Golden Guardians is slightly better late game because they have some of these players who just want to farm for late so that they'll, you know, maybe they pick Jinx and Karthus or something. Um, what's what's kind of the focus going into the series, knowing that there are going to be a bunch of games? I think FlyQuest kind of has to stabilize the game. If they're playing a slower game and they're able to just um, do text, textbook stuff and just like play the game slowly as a team, I think then they have the, they have the, edge, the edge and it's a lot harder for pop-up players to do much if the game is not a fiesta. If you play a slow game, you know, you won't see Frog and uh, playing Victor killing Rush seven times if the game's going really slow and they're just playing for Vision. That's not happening. So I think if the game's fast, Golden Gardens probably is, has a better chance. But if FlyQuest stabilizes, then I think it's probably in their hands. Demonte? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to be like, how hard can uh, GGS play off top lane? Like, to be honest, like if they're able to abuse top lane before... Uh, I was gonna say, I think like I think FlyQuest for sure need to uh, be able to like play pretty pretty like controlled style. They need to like make sure they're able to uh, just get what they want out of the games and make sure Viper isn't really getting like messed up too much. I think uh, like I said that the bot lane is probably gonna be like a wash for a bit, but probably you're gonna see FlyQuest like look to stabilize top lane a lot, and then as soon as top lane is stabilized and like that's fine, like. They're probably going to rely on Wild Turtle to carry a lot of the games in like mid late game, so they're just going to need to be able to play the game like very controlled and not like like Vulcan said, not make it too much of a fiesta. Or you're going to see players like Froggen really pop off. Whereas GGS is really going to need to like pressure through top. I think it's it's probably going to be a given that contracts will end up being behind in most of these games just because of team style and. Yeah, they, they need to be able to like make sure top is popping off and make sure Froggen is able to farm correctly. And if they're not able to like really meet that, then they're gonna have trouble in these games. So All right, well we will see what happens. So it seems like you're I mean you were saying like if you're the best team, if you're the best team, you know, you can do these things. It seems like you're giving the edge to FlyQuest. Um, so maybe they'll be able to actually have this controlled style and not lose that. Would you give the series to them? I would give it a series FlyQuest, yeah. I think it's going to be 3-2 either way. Like, it's hard to say that FlyQuest will just win, but I would not be surprised to see a game 5. All right. What are, what are your game predictions, Vulcan? 3-1 uh, FlyQuest. Ooh, I like it. I always like 3-1s more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more spicy, but like I could totally just see, like, like based on FlyQuest's performance last weekend, like you could I could totally see GGS like, winning. Like. Yeah, I mean, also, FlyQuest has had a couple of stumps now, I think, in this season, so it, I wouldn't be surprised too, too surprised if um, they just didn't show up and Golden Guardians just rolled them over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Golden Guardians started really weak. Mm -hmm. So for them to make playoffs, it means the, the second two-thirds, I guess, was really strong. But yeah, FlyQuest has been a little up and down. So we'll see. Hopefully for them, it's an up week. Yeah, it's going to be really close either way, though. I agree. I, I also predict FlyQuest 3-2. So going against myself there, but... I do think it'll be close. All right, so let's go into the Fox versus TSM matchup, which is maybe a little bit more volatile than the Golden Guardians five-game slugfest. Uh, TSM looking very strong, but Fox, of course, you know, maybe they can pull off a miracle. Um, but yeah, so overall, you know, Eli 5 again, the, each, each of the teams kind of style. Um, I think for Fox recently, uh, they've shown success with playing late game kind of team comp with just um, 
conceding in the early game and just trying to farm. They played Kassin in mid with like Jinx Balin, scaling like the whole, the, the five champions were just scaling and somehow they didn't get punished for that, which was kind of surprising. Um, and I think TSM, um, they're like, I think they've shown to be like able to play through any lane. Um, they just play whatever um, whatever draft they, they get and they just play the way it should be played, I guess. They don't really have a play style, I think. They, they kind of just uh, see what champions they have and then they play according to that. So I think they're a pretty strong team in general. I feel like TSM's actually shown like a lot of late game like focus play recently as well. Like they've actually been forfeiting early game in like I wanna say the last three weeks straight. They haven't really uh played any early game comps like they were at the beginning. And every single time they've been playing super well. Like when we played them on week nine, they they had no early game basically and they were playing versus Hunivan and Broken Blade and Acadian played pretty much flawlessly against it and didn't really give up anything. And watching games like that is really impressive, especially for Broken Blade since he's pretty new. Same for Acadian, honestly. Like, Acadian's not new, but this is going to be his first time in playoffs. And seeing play at that level from him is really impressive. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting series. I think Fox more than likely will get stomped. I don't think anyone's expecting this to be very close. But for sure, there could be something along the lines of Acadian playing his first ever playoffs and him being on TSM, Broken Blade being on TSM, there's this very high pressure on that team. So you could definitely see maybe going into this series, like the pressure getting to their heads and them playing uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically bad. Whereas on Fox, you have players who've been around for a long time and have played a lot of playoff series before. So there, there isn't really, there's no real rookies on Echo Fox where there kind of is on TSM. Although TSM has shown that they're for sure like top two team right now, top three, and they've been playing out of their minds for the last five weeks. Yeah, that's a good point. The the pressure maybe getting to them, maybe the thrush hooks getting to them. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree. TSM seems like they should have the edge. Um, let's go into each lane, uh, starting with top lane, of course. Broken Blade versus Solo. I think this is a really interesting matchup, actually. Um, so, do either of you want to kick off talking about one of these guys? Um, I think it's a pretty close matchup. Uh, people would think that Broken Blade is a lot better, but I think Solo is like pretty decent in lane. But he has a tendency to get tilted. He's like a really emotional player. And especially in the best of five, I think if TSM can find a way to target him early on uh, in the series, then you might see Solo's performance going down over the games. Um, well, I think Broken Blade um, has shown a lot of... Um, Resilience, especially against uh, in our game when he was like, I don't know, after CS and like five minutes in, he had 10 CS or something to Uni's 40. Um, but he still played that game really well, even though he was really far behind. So um, I think it's like 50 50, but then Broken Blade's mental kind of takes over um, the later the series goes. So I think I'd give this one to Broken Blade. I think Solo's been playing like super well recently. He popped, he popped off really hard for his team Liquid. And that gives me a lot of confidence in him as a player, and it probably gives himself a lot of confidence. Like, he could very well just go into this game super confident and just play the best series he's ever played, right? He, I think week eight and week nine of LCS, he played maybe the best two weekends he's ever played in LCS. I couldn't, I, maybe back in spring of last year when he was playing Gangplank a lot, is like that's the only comparable time. But now, like his Aatrox was pretty nutty. Um, 
for sure, I think TSM is like just a better team, and I think Acadian kind of seems more consistent right now than uh, than Rush does. Rush has also been playing very well, but yeah, just just thinking to the clutch game, it's like when I watched that game from TSM, I was like, wow, like this is like the marks of like a really high caliber team. They were able to play like this stuff. This they were able to play this stuff where they were not. They had zero chance of doing anything before 15 minutes, and then they just ended up winning the game at like 27 minutes. It was super impressive. So I'd probably I'd probably give it to Broken Blade just because he's better playing with his jungler overall. That's interesting because actually I, t- I did talk to Solo last week or two weeks ago, and he no yeah it was last week when they found out they would be playing against TSM, and he felt like the two v two was in Echo Fox's favor. So I don't know, maybe there's some some stuff that he's been working on with Rush that we just haven't really seen yet. But that will be rather interesting. I think probably in like a pure 2v2, like if they're fighting, Echo Fox will probably be better. Because it feels like Broken Blade and Kadian don't have that much synergy. Like, as in like a fighting way and like when to fight, how to win it, and like how to correctly play it. But where they do understand is like, they do understand how to play the game better, I feel. Like if the game is slower, then I think the top side will be better for TSM. But if the game is really fast, then... I could totally see Solo and Rush just popping off. I think the the other kind of interesting fact there, I know both of them do normally play carries. So, we, you know, in the first weekend, at least, we have four carry top players. Uh, I think Solo last year was kind of banished to tank sometimes. Yeah. Um, so maybe he can kind of pull that back out if he needs to. Maybe there's more versatility. We haven't seen too much from Broken Blade. Mm-hmm. Both of them actually are their first and third in kills per game. And so, you know, it, hopefully it will be a fun matchup at least. And then also they, they're both three and zero on Vlad and pretty recently. Vladimir has kind of been taking off recently. So yeah. I expect that to be picked or banned quite often in this series. Um, so I guess whose lane is it anyway? Who would you give it to? Broken Blades. Broken Blade. Oh, it's so close though. But close. Yeah. yeah All right. So you agree? Mm, it's pretty close. All right. Well, so Broken Blade's gonna eke, like eke out the win there. Squeak out the win. Is there? That's a phrase, right? One of eke those. Out, I think eke out eke kind out. of makes sense. It's like kind of like a squeak. Can't help here. <laughs> that's English. <laughs> it's not a. There's not a Canadian. I'm not. Oh, dang. All right. Well, let's go on to the jungle matchup then. We've talked about it a little bit. Very important in the top lane. Um, so, what do you think about Acadian and the? I don't know the return of Rush. Um. I feel like both junglers are so interesting, actually. Like, Acadian, historically, is he, I mean, he's played four splits now. He's never made playoffs. And this is going to be his first time in playoffs, and he's playing with TSM, which is, like, the, like, premier team in LCS. Like, that team gets, like, the most publicity, the most, like, fans, like, stuff like that. And he's going to be very, very pressured to play well. I think you, you, you've seen a lot of junglers on TSM kind of crumble under the pressure of, like, the TSM fans, TSM hype stuff like that and now that they i think they're nine and one in the last five weeks and uh or either they're nine eleven and one okay they're eleven and one in the last five weeks or six weeks then and like they're gonna they're they're pretty much expected to win the whole thing right now like a lot of people are expecting them to just win playoffs like outright and that is a very intense situation to be in especially being on tsm like you have zero underdog pressure there or zero underdog like benefit there and it's going to be interesting seeing how Acadian does under that and then on the flip side you have Rush who was playing pretty bad at the middle of the split and then the end of the split he started popping off pretty hard 
So I, if it feels like whoever is just uh, whoever is just gonna show up on the day will actually just play, like we'll actually just pull out the win. And but I, I also still think that the jungle matchups is not nearly as important in this uh, best of five as like compared to FlyQuest and GGS. They like the junglers don't really seem like they're gonna be punishing each other that much. They're kind of just playing for their team a lot. Yeah, I kind of see it the same way. I think they're both like kind of role players. Uh, Rush has a little more um, maybe space to like make plays, but I think when he goes for them, it's it's backfiring a lot. So I think he's gonna try to stop doing that. Um, and Acadian just plays around the C more or in a better way, I guess. Like they seem TSM seems to have like a really good structure uh, for for the teamwork and team play, and Acadian fits fits into that pretty well from what we've seen in regular season. Whereas Rush, um, I don't think works as well with his teammates. So I think it's Acadian favorite in that uh, that way, but like in the one v one, I guess it's like I think it's kind of hard to tell, honestly. That's fair. Uh, I think one one interesting thing is the champion pick. Um, Acadian is has not lost on Sejuani. Rush has played six Jarvan games and has only lost once. I don't know if either of them are worth throwing a ban towards or if it's actually better to just save bans for other players because you know you mentioned they're not actually the you know the the players that you are picking for or picking around normally uh, or playing around i guess um what do you think about throwing them a single ban to maybe get them onto something different that they're not as comfortable with i think a ban going on to sejuani for against csm could actually be pretty good definitely seems like that's their most comfortable way of playing right now is just having having Matt or Acadian like, play this very slow-paced team-style game where he's not really doing too much on his own and he's kind of just playing around how his laners are going. I think uh, if, I were to, if I were to be Echo Fox, I kind of would target that a bit. It, it does seem like uh, like the top and jungle kind of matchup is probably going to be the weak point of TSM. And if FlyQuest, or not FlyQuest, Echo Fox can find a way to expose that, it's probably going to be their best chance of winning because I think elsewhere on the map, they don't really match up too well all right so we'll see if they end up banning either of those if you had to give an answer whose jungle would it be like you do have to okay (laughs) Ooh. um shoot i feel like the top and jungle on these teams are so close but i'll give it to rush honestly i think he's been making a lot of very good individual plays in the last two weeks and I think he has a higher a higher chance of carrying these games than Acadian does. All right, that's fair. Yeah, he, he definitely has, since his return, he has looked a lot better, mm. especially than the start of the season. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the mid laners. This obviously is very exciting. Uh, Bjergsen consistently mentioned as, you know, top one or two mids. And then Phoenix uh, coming back onto Echo Fox. And it's talked about a lot as, you know, very strong mechanical laner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Demonte, I'll let you kind of you know take control over this one especially but what do you think especially since you get to play against both of them yeah um i mean definitely playing against both of them it's very very different phoenix is like always up in your face and he's always trying to punish you for every mistake but like if your jungler ever walks in his lane there's a good chance he's gonna die whereas bjergsen is kind of the opposite way he's very methodical with how he plays he doesn't really ever lose a lane like it's very hard to find bjergsen making a mistake um, you'll rarely, you'll, you will rare, you will rarely see him like die to a gank. You will rarely see him die a lot in general. He's not a player to really do that. And 
it Brixton is the most the, the mid laner that most feels like he's kind of like a robot like he doesn't really it's really hard to punish uh Bjergsen, whereas phoenix is really really easy to punish but i think phoenix's highs are much higher than Bjergsen's like normal gameplay and Bjergsen really doesn't reach those highs very often unless he's on uh i would say like melee champions like melee carries i think that's when Bjergsen has his highest highs like you'll see him play aurelia and akali and like that's when he's like popping off like 1v5 carrying but i would be i wouldn't be that surprised to see tsm pull out some stuff like aurelia or akali in mid lane but also, I'm gonna expect like Phoenix to be playing a lot of stuff like Azir and stuff like more, more scaling focused. Because I think if Echo Fox wants to win, they really need to, uh, they really need Phoenix to be there in like the mid late game to like be strong. Whereas like, yeah, I mean, pretty pretty much that's it. But like Bjergsen is for sure like stronger as a player overall. Do you have anything to add? Uh, just that Bjergsen is like more consistent and I think uh, in the best of five that's like more one of the most important things you can you can have in a player um, just the fact that he's consistently better than Phoenix or I guess Phoenix just like isn't consistent coin flip player you never know like which Phoenix is going to show up in the game so I, I'd rather have a Bjergsen on my team that you know like, the exact value he's going to bring and you can play around that uh, easier so yeah that does make sense I do expect them to pick Azir at least once or, you know, some champion that Phoenix can really shine on because I do think, yeah, if if he's not able to, to play to his own strength, it's going to be really tough to be able to handle Bjergsen. So. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I feel like I know the answer to this one, but who's laying us up anyway? For sure, Bjergsen. Bjergsen. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck to Phoenix in that, um, in that matchup. All right, moving on to the bot lane. Vulcan, it is your time to shine now. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's talk about the AD carries. We have Zven and uh, oh my God, oh Apollo. Yep. What do you think? Um, I think Zven has actually been the best AD carry display. Um, I think he's been better in double lift at carrying games. Um, and Apollo is just like Apollo is just a role player. He's always there doing damage. He's always there, um, you know, for his team. He's gonna play various and CC the enemy team if he needs to. Uh, he's not going to die very much, but I think Zven is more willing to, to fight a lot. Um, he's more dominant in lane. He's going to fight 2v2 if it's a good uh, point in the game to fight, stuff like that. I think Zven is just like, in general, he's just better mechanically. He has more upside. So I think this one's pretty easily in Zven's favor. You just echo that? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, Apollo is just consistently average. Like... He does what his team needs. He doesn't do too much extra. Some like sometimes he'll pop off. Sometimes he'll play a little bit under his normal skill. But he's pretty much just always consistently average. Which, I mean, that's a really good thing to have on like a lot of teams. You're playing on a team with Phoenix and Rush. Like these players are the players that should pop off on your team. So I think he's gonna do his job. But Zven has shown he's had a higher, like much, a much consistent higher average this entire split. And like Vulcan said, he's for sure like top three top two AD right now so definitely it's leaning towards Zven I would agree I think the there's an interesting Zven thing though is I mean historically his best champion has always been Ezreal and the split it continues his best mm -hmm. champ was Ezreal I know that Ezreal just got hit with a nerf though and so I mean I imagine Vulcan you'll have a pretty good idea uh going into 9-6 is Ezreal even a champion that will be I mean sure viable but is it going to actually be strong and like something that 
TSM can count on having Zven on that pick. I think you won't really see it being blind picked because it's really easy to play. You, you can literally play anything into Ezreal because he's just trying to farm and get into late game. Um, so like it's really, I, I'm not. I don't see any, any team just blind picking Ezreal, but maybe in some matchups where it's like a free lane and you can scale to late game, you might see it. But at the same time, you don't scale as hard as when you had double tier. You did a lot more damage then. You were, you know, tanker with the Archangel shield. So I can see it if like you need the survivability survivability in some against some team comps, but I think it will definitely go down uh, in the priority. So it's not a totally dead pick, but not going to be something that you know is is seeing bans necessarily. I think, I think it'll pick. be more of like a niche pick kind of. Yeah, it's, it seems like hyper carries for AD right now is like the best pick. You're going to see a lot of Vayne. You're going to see a lot of Jinx. Some of this stuff that is slower to build up, but once it's there, it's going to be really flashy. And the player who has better team fighting mechanics is going to win. So obviously we do need to talk about support, but I think I almost wonder if if the people that are needing to pop off are Phoenix, Rush, maybe Solo mm-hmm. on like Vladimir or something for Echo Fox. But you know Apollo and Hakuo, very like average laners, always going to do you know more or less fine. Would you rather just put them on something early game so that they can kind of survive that and then? depend on your, your big late game pop-off, like carry potential players to to be able to have the time to scale? Because we mentioned earlier, last week they played three or basically five scaling champs and they ended up winning and it was great, but they probably can't do that against TSM. So I wouldn't expect a Jinx plus Cassidy and plus Vladimir game like they did. Yeah, they definitely won't draft like that. But I mean, if, you, if you're coaching Echo Fox right now, I think... Uh... You're going to have a definite hard time planning for this because it seems like TSM can play any strategy they want right now, whereas Echo Fox really can't. They don't even really have a one style where it's like, this is how Echo Fox plays. They kind of just get their wins through just like playing the game. It's hard to say. Like they don't really, it's not like, okay, they're going to do this, 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 and this is how gonna, they're going to win the game. But it's like, they are pretty decent at team fighting. And if you're Echo Fox, you got to find a way to get into that that 25 minute 30 minute like zone and then hope that you will win the team fights it doesn't seem like they're the better team at all so it's gonna be definitely hard for them but if the if i'm their coach like i'm just gonna find a way to make sure i can get to 25 30 minutes every game with the like lowest deficit possible all right well we'll see if they can do it definitely gonna be tough against tsm all right going on to this poor pick vulcan again you can take the lead what do you think about these two guys matching up so we have smoothie versus hakuo i think Smoothie's just like he's a lot more important to his team than Hakuo. He's like he's pretty much a leader, I believe, and he's a really vocal player. Uh, I think his champion pool is bigger than Hakuo's. Um, I think Hakuo is just really good at Thresh and Morgana, and and when he's off those picks, uh, his level goes down like pretty hard. Whereas Smoothie can play a lot of champions uh, to some extent. And I'm thinking of Alstar right now. I think Hakuo does not really play Alstar. He does not like to play it, and he's not really good at it. Compared to Smoothie, it's like Alstar is kind of his... Uh, when I'm thinking of Smoothie, I think of Alstar because of last split and or two splits, two splits ago, the way he performed. So I think Smoothie has like more chances to absolutely pop up and carry the games. But I can also see Hakuo on Thresh like he did uh, last year, uh, just sitting hook after hook and carrying his team that way. But I think nowadays a Thresh ban is really common and I wouldn't be surprised to see TSM just banning Thresh and not risking it. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned the All-Star. It is, you know, we, we've got the Esports 1 stats here. It is his most picked champion, and he's won 
80% of those games. So four of the five games that he has played it. And yeah, I think it, it goes all the way back to even the Cloud9, the Roams, the Smoothie Roams. So mm-hmm. the Alicopter Smoothie uh, cosplays. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I do expect uh, Thresh to be pick banned at least a, a couple times. Or, you know, maybe not the whole entire, you know, it'll probably make it through, but. I expect some priority on that. We saw Smoothie have an insane game earlier this year against CLG where the bot lane had like mm. six kills at 10 minutes or something dumb. Um, but that'll be an interesting matchup. And then, of course, I mean, that's what Hakuo used to take down TSM last year. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, though, I think uh, Thresh for Hakuo is kind of counterintuitive for Fox since they've been playing a lot more scaling. And with Thresh, you kind of have to snowball uh, vision control and like sit on your pinks. And when they face check, you go for a pick. Whereas I think that's not really how Fox wants to play. They'd rather just have scaling Balin, um, maybe a scaling Millionaire that can pop off in team fights and then win that way. But with Thresh, I think they can't really afford to do that. So that's, I wouldn't see them prioritizing Thresh that hard. Fair enough. So then whose lane is it anyway? Probably Smoothies. I think he's better at a lot more champions than Aqua is. Yeah, it's pretty, I think it's pretty obviously better for Smoothie. Smoothie and Zven gonna probably win this one. So that means we actually have kind of all five chosen for TSM. We have, I think Rush was the only shout out from you, DeMonte. Yeah, and even then it's still super duper close. Yeah. So what then, I mean, obviously then you look at it, we're gonna give the series prediction to TSM. Do you have, are, are there any predictions other than 3-0 from either of you guys? 3-0 for me. Um, I mean, I could see like, Maybe one game goes to Fox if like either I mean it feels like a lot of their players could pop off randomly. Like maybe Hakuo gets Thresh or maybe Rush invades Acadian and just kills him twenty times. Like for sure Fox can win a game, but I think it's pretty straightforward that TSM should three O. And if they don't three O, they should be worried for the rest of the playoff bracket. Mm. Any specific win conditions that Fox might be able to have that would actually work for you know, three full games rather than just a random pop-off. Maybe just banning junglers if they can afford it and, like, going for a strategy like that. And, yeah, just playing, like, the best they can. It's just going to be hard, though, because when you play against good teams, like, you can't sacrifice a lot of bans because you you can't give players like Bjergsen, like, Silas or, like, something like this. So Maybe I can see them targeting top a, a, a bit more since uh, TSM's 2v2 top lane have been pretty bad. Um, and Fox, like we said earlier, like pretty good at fighting at skirmishing. So maybe if they can have like a carry matchup in top lane and like focus on two v twoing, then they can snowball the game that way. But it, it would be really hard. So the win condition is take the fifty fifty top and jungle and hope that you roll really really well. Um, all right, well cool. So TSM gonna probably win. We've got FlyQuest maybe squeaking or eking it out <laughs> over Golden Guardians, whatever that that phrase is. Um, and then we will see who they face up against. TSM probably wouldn't face up against Liquid because they dodge them every time. So maybe we'll get the really fun C9 versus TSM semifinal like last year. And then we'll see who Golden Guardians and FlyQuest make it out. Uh, any kind of last thoughts on playoffs for you guys? Uh, yeah, I think uh, TL is going to be pretty not great in playoffs, to be honest. I think... A lot of people are expecting them to be top two with TSM or C9. Like, like TL is the team that is up there, but I feel like that team is definitely like going to hit a slump right now. And 
I would not be surprised to see like C9 or TSM being just better than both, better than TL by far. Do you expect them to make it to finals though? Kind of assuming that they will pick either Golden Guardians or FlyQuest. Even if they get to play versus GGS or FlyQuest, I think the matchup will still be pretty close. I think uh, having a buy is kind of not the greatest thing. I think I think you uh, you kind of get put into this uh, time zone where you have to. You have to, you have so much time to scrim and no time to actually play on stage, and that can be pretty stressful playing in that. Like I have I have experience. I had to play gauntlet and it was a three week break that I had before I played gauntlet. And during that during those three weeks, like pretty much all five of us mental boomed. We were just like, damn, this is we're just grinding scrims for twenty days before we get to play our match. This is not very good for our team. And team team look would have been looking pretty sloppy for the last two weeks. So. I could see them dropping game, dropping a best of five to GGS or, or FlyQuest for sure. Man, interesting, spicy take. All right, thank you both so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. And before we go, do you want to say anything to fans, supporters? Yeah, I think uh, just shout outs to Clutch Gaming, shout out to Corsair, and uh, thanks to Esports One for having us. Yeah, I want to say thank you to Clutch Gaming fans and Clutch Gaming fans that have been supporting us in this last split. It's been pretty hard. Um, we're all trying our best, and I think we have the right pieces for summer, and we'll show up. Uh, we will do pretty good then. Yeah, best of luck next time. I hope I never have you on another playoff podcast, because that would mean that you would win and go to playoffs. So, good luck then. Um, I want to say thank you also to Esports One. These guys are providing the equipment and helping me out with editing, because I've had enough editing this year. So, thank goodness for that. Uh, also, thank you, mom and dad, if you're listening, if you made it this far. I'm proud of you. Um, all right. Thank you all so much for watching and check out the post-match podcast coming up. Uh, should be posted on Monday night after the games. We'll, we'll see if DeMonte and Vulcan actually know what they're talking about. Um, Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. That does it for us. And we are signing off. We will catch you next time. Peace.